Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete and TurnOnTheJets.com. We are live from Five Milestone on the Upper East Side for a podcast. It is NFL Draft Night. We're here. We're here. We made it. We did it. We made it. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Brian Calniva-Capino. Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi. Hi. How are you? We're here. In the flesh. <laughs> right in front of me. You are looking very love, good. Well, thank you. Yes. He's glowing. He's thank glowing. you. He yeah, but glowing. what about the guy to my left? Hey, first of all, Merry Draftmas. Merry Draftmas, everybody. We've been waiting all year. That's right. I hope uh, <laughs> Santa Claus leaves something nice well, under I think our we tree. all made our wishes. Yes. And of course, to our left, to your left, my left, double my left, my immediate left, your immediate left is the founder and head writer of TurnOnTheJets.com. He also works at the Whistle Guys. I do. I do. And he's getting married in like ten minutes. Ten days. Yeah. No, it's like twenty days. Twenty I days. So I know the exact amount. Don't say it. Mr. Joe Caparoso. Hi, Joe. Hi, guys. I'm happy to be here. Well, great to be back. Year two, five milestones. That's right. The dream has come true. I've already drank my Gunhill Brewery beer. I've already eaten. I'm, I'm happy. I'm settled in. I'm ready to go. This is going to be a fantastic night. For those of you listening on the streaming uh, podcast, there is a great crowd here at Five Milestone. We're expecting a ton more people. The NFL Draft kicks off at 8 p.m. tonight. We are going to be covering it. We have five, count them, five Jet Beat reporters calling in. Tom Cosentino, Chris Lepresti, Chris Nimbley, Corey Griffin. Who am I forgetting? Chris Lepresti? Christian Dyer. Dyer. Christian Dyer. Um, we Sorry, also guys. We <laughs> are going to have a surprise guest. I believe he's here. I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little hint. Okay. Okay. An enormous guest. Okay. Not okay. a good guest. A great guest. He's going to be joining Huge. us as well. Huge. We're going to kick things off very soon. You guys are all here. Five milestones. Thank you for coming out. Coming out. Yeah. Appreciate everybody coming out. We have the guys, uh, Dave from uh, Gunhill Breweries here. Dave, thank you so much. We have delicious Gunhill Brewery craft brewers on tap. Drink, drink of beer. Award winning, I might add. Mm-hmm. Look, they don't give those awards to just anybody, David. Uh, and of course, thanks, huge thanks to Five Milestone for hosting us again. Much appreciated. Second Avenue. This place is fantastic. We have the whole upstairs tonight, guys. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. A lot, of spa- a lot of space to move around for activities. It's nice. Explore the space, really. Yeah. Explore the space. Explore space a little right. bit. We also have to mention our sound guy, Mr. Jay Mafali. is back. Mafali. Looking very much like Alan Alda. Tell me he doesn't. Come it's, on. It's a clone. It's a clone. A young Alan Alda. A young Alan Alda. Not, not a current Alan Alda. Nash Alan Alda. Right. Wow. Except with talent. Whoa! Whoa. Oh Shots fired at Alan Harsh. Alda. Harsh. Early. 
I kid, I kid. I don't know. I love. Is he listening? Do you think I hope, he, I hope he's not coming. He's my uncle. Cross. Cross him off then. Cross him off the guest list. I'll also want to shout out the rest of the members of the Turn on the Jet staff who are yes, in the building. Mr. Dalvin Asario. Mr. Joe Malfa. Uh, Mr. Dan Marcus, also here from Seat Swap, which we'll yes, talk about a little bit throughout. That. We'll get to the perfect segue. Yes, a, a beautiful segue, really. Yeah, perfect. And also Mike Nolan, who's stuck in traffic. He'll make it here eventually. Tiny he moves Nolan, a little slow. And listen, when Tiny Nolan's stuck in traffic, first of all, there's nothing tiny about Tiny Nolan. Second of all... You know there's a lot of traffic. If I drive past that guy in bumper to bumper, and he's screaming and cursing and yelling, I am getting as far away from that car as possible. I appreciate he, that. He could get out and pick up my car and throw it out. Right in the river. Yeah. <laughs> so, as uh, Joe mentioned, we are uh, we have a great sponsor tonight for our phone lines, guys. Yes. Our phone lines are sponsored tonight. This is this is real, Cal. Five and a half years we've been We're doing like this. real adults. We I have like a it. phone well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> so like, but we have a phone line sponsor, like Mohegan Sun. That's never Sun. happened. You're right. Forget Mohegan Sun. Well, who are we sponsored by tonight, Steve? The RTU TO Thanks. Bump set spike. <laughs> that broadcasting school is really paying off. <laughs> the, the Turn on the Jets RTU Draft Night phone line is sponsored by SeatSwapTickets.com. All right. Yes. I have some copy. In the building. I'm going to read it. Go ahead for your read. I feel great about it. Okay, guys, listen. We all know that Draft Day is famous for teams wheeling and dealing. Guys, there's going to be a ton of wheeling and dealing tonight. I feel it. Absolutely. It's going to be crazy pants. Teams moving up, down, side. Chip Kelly is here. I mean, not. He's here? He's not literally here. <laughs> The entire, trading the entire draft for Ricky Williams, for example, the great Ditka, Mike Ditka, trading his entire draft for Ricky yes, Williams. Yes, that, that panned out well. And even though Mike Tannenbaum, Dan Schneiders haven't really mastered the art of the swap, Seat Swap is giving you a chance to wheel and deal like the pros. Seat Swap lets you trade your tickets for other tickets with bands just like yourself. Instead of selling them on StubHub, where you will be lucky to get enough money to afford a Bud Light at Yankee Stadium. That's Can't $87. do it. $87. Approximately. I took it. out a, a mortgage to get drunk at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> so, Seat Swap was started by fans. It is for fans to get even more of the events that you love. Because life in, invariably and inevitably gets in the way. Because there is a reason you buy tickets to, to events in the first place. Because it is about being there. Cal, we've talked about this a million times. There's nothing like the experience. We went to Mets opening day this year, did we not? We did, and it was better being there than watching it on TV. It's always better By to be far. there. So, for more information about how to be part of the ticket trading revolution, go to SeatSwapTicket.com. That's SeatSwapTicket.com because, frankly, it is about being there. Got to be there. And the guys are here. Dan's here. Dan, thank you so much for being here. They're going to be giving out stuff throughout the night. Seriously, guys, go to SeatSwapTicket.com. It is far better than StubHub. I'll say it. A lot of giveaways, it's, it's too. Out there. Yeah, I'm calling you out, StubHub. Okay. All right. We got that out of the way. We're going to have our first call in a couple of minutes. Dom Cosentino. NJ.com. From NJ.com. Friend of the show, friend of the site. Friend. Yes. Fellow Italian. Friend of both our shows yeah. and a Paisan. Right. Not that that counts for anything. By the it's way, extra in our book. But we've done know. it again. We've done <laughs> it again. San Pietro, Calvi, Caparoso, Jay Mafali, and our first caller. Will be Dom Constantino. A lot of vowels. A lot of vowels. <laughs> a lot of vowels in house. Okay, Joe. I'm here. It's what? here, baby. I'm the ready. draft is here. Before we bring Dom in, talk to us. Your site has been doing a great job. You've been doing a great job on your podcast, which you can get on iTunes, by the way. Subscribe, please. Give us a nice review. Subscribe. <laughs> um, 
What are your thoughts? Give me real quick your thoughts going into the draft tonight. We've only been waiting for it for three months. I it would truly be tough to be surprised by any decision tonight. Uh, you know, trade up, trade back. Do they take a defensive? Do they take a pass rusher? Do they take a wide receiver? Personally, I think they're going to leave with a pass rusher tonight. I'm keeping my eye on Dante Fowler and Vic Beasley, potentially Bud Dupree if they trade back. However, would not be surprised if they stayed put at six and left with a guy like Amari Cooper or Kevin White. They're, they've been linked to too many players in the spot that they're in. There's too much flexibility around it with potential trades that it, it is really tough to nail down what a first-time GM, a first-time head coach, a first-time director of player personnel and director of college scouting are going to do. So it, it, it's a crapshoot, and I think we're, it's tough to have a good feel for what they're going with. I'll say pass rusher, and if I'm right, I'll take credit for it. And if I'm wrong, I'll say, hey, who, who could predict what these guys are going to do? Well, you, we'll definitely give you credit if you're right, <laughs> but what about the talk today about the moving up? I, what do you make of that? I would be surprised for a team with six picks with a new general manager who I would think would want to fill this roster with his own picked homegrown talent, knowing the cost that it would take to move up to two or three. Maybe if they were moving up to five to make sure they got a guy like Fowler, but a big trade-up that's going to cost them a lot of picks this year and next year, it would be surprising. I mean, McCagnan said it in his press conference. He wants to compile picks. Quantity of a better chance of landing you know, a quality player when you have more picks. We see the Patriots do this every year. They trade back 190 times, and they've had a dynasty the past almost two decades, to, which makes me sick, but it's true. <laughs> well, so. look, we, we have a lot of fans from a lot of different teams here, so... Uh, I, I totally think you're spot on. You and I, Joe, talked about it. Cal and I have talked about it on our program where there is no track record here. What McCagnan did in the room in Houston doesn't mean anything. He didn't have final call on that Exactly. Room. It wasn't his room. This is his first room. This is Todd Bowles' first room. But I want to expand that because there are a lot of fans from a lot of other teams here as well. There's a lot of Jet fans here, but we have a lot of fans from a lot of other teams. We want to get everybody's opinion. Guys, this is the kind of draft. I feel like we say this every year. We've said it the last four or five. But it's really expanded a ton this year. Anything could friggin' happen. Would like you... outside of, of of James Winston going first overall, which I think he should. Nothing would surprise me. And are we and are we a hundred percent sure about that? We're, we're not even that. But right? this is, I think, the off season guys coming into this has led to this being a crazy pants draft because you had trades in the NFL that you never had before. You had LaShawn McCoy being traded. You had big-time players in the primes of their career being traded. It was like a Major League Baseball trade deadline. It was an entirely different animal. So I think literally anything could happen tonight. It was an insanely active offseason leading up to this draft, particularly within the AFC East with everything Miami did, completely rebuilt their group of receivers. Obviously what Buffalo did with Rex Ryan now, it you know, completely turned over the offense of that roster. And the Jets themselves obviously rebuilding their secondary with Revis, Cromartie, and Screen. So... It, these first 10 picks in particular, I think there's going to be a lot of movement. Yeah, and, and uh, it, we, which can, can we just, for a second, please stop on that? Darrell Revis is a Jet again. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? It's nice to say. We always forget about that. It's nice to say, right? He's back. Hold on, let's just take a second and bask hey. in it. Let's just enjoy it. He's a Jet again. Darrell Revis is a Jet again. I hope you didn't burn that jersey LeBron style. He is back. <laughs> Tiny's here, everybody. If he you made it through the track. I Tiny, good to see you again. Tiny Nolan in the house. He's a, a, one of the writers for Turn on the Jets. We're all staffed up now, fighting and, uh, through the traffic. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, We're good it now. It's great to see you. Uh, appreciate you bringing Ryan out, too. Tiny, did you get hungry while you were stuck in traffic? Do you travel with snacks? Help yourself. Get comfortable. Get this man a slider. Get him four or five sliders. Get him a beer. Get him a slider. Get him comfortable. Um, so we have our first call, um, and, and we're going to go to it in just a second. Dom Cosentino from, from NJMedia.com calling in. Dom does a great job covering the Jets. 
He's really an awesome guy. He's probably smarting a little bit as he's a Penguins fan. Ooh. So just like well, us, well, just like us club. Islander fans, he's smarting a little bit. I'm sure he's not watching the Rangers-Caps game. No. Uh, but let's bring him in, our first, uh, our first caller of the night. And again, on our phone line, sponsored by Seat Swap Tickets. Thank the you, seat guys. Swap line. Seat Swap. Uh, Dom Cosentino, welcome to the program, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate you bringing up the Penguins. That, that really, yeah. uh, really, really made me feel good. So thank you. <laughs> well, you do understand we'll do that you're, you're talking to two diehard Islander fans who almost canceled the podcast tonight. Yeah. Had there been a Ranger yeah, Islander absolutely. game. So, uh, yeah, we're, still, we're, we're just going to pretend that game doesn't exist. Um, Dom, thanks for taking a couple of minutes to talk to us. Uh, Steve Sampietro here, Brian Calvi, and, of course, Joe Caparoso. Um, let's start at the beginning. The draft is 20 minutes away. It's only been coming for 37 months. What is your feel? I want to ask you, Dom, what is your feel of this new regime? How are you, uh, how are you feeling about them? Are, are you feeling uh, a different vibe than last year uh, when John Itzik was running the room? What's the vibe been like when you've been able to interact with them? Well, I, you know, they've certainly been aggressive, and I, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. They, 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 they took a look at this roster and noticed that there, are, there were a number of, of holes that needed filling, uh, you know, not only with big-name guys like Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie and, and some of the high-profile guys, but, but a number of depth signings that were done. You know, a lot of guys signed to the minimum to kind of fill out the back end of the roster. Because that was something that was really overlooked with the Jets last year, I think, was the lack of depth, you know, and that, that came back to haunt them, of course, when B. Milner and Dexter McDougal, for example, got hurt. Uh, you know, you had inside linebackers like Demario Davis and David Harris playing every snap. So, you know, if nothing else, they've certainly seen where they, what they wanted to do and gone ahead and did it. And, and of course, they were helped by the fact that, that it left them a lot of money in cap space to, to be able to do that. What we don't know, of course, and what we're going to find out tonight is what the draft strategy and what the process is and, and how they want to attack this. McCagnan has said, you know, he's into getting the best player in the draft, you know, how they have the draft board set up and how they have targeted this with trades or anything else remains to be seen. And, and, and we, can, we, can find, we can then begin to judge a little bit more after, after tonight, after this weekend. Tom, I know it's difficult to pull anything out of these pre-draft press conferences, but did you get any kind of, you know, feel from McCagnan over that press conference that would kind of alter what you think the Jets' strategy will be this weekend? Did, did you take him at his word that he will be a guy that will want to trade back and compile picks, or do you think he was just kind of, you know, playing the media game and blowing a little smoke? Did you leave that conf press conference with a little bit of a better feeling, maybe, of what the Jets could do this weekend? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't hear the question. I, there's too much uh, background noise. So my question is, coming out of McCagnan's press conference, pre-draft press conference, do you feel like you now have a better feel for what the Jets' strategy might be this weekend? I I'm know still he... not. I'm sorry. I... No, it's okay. It's, I, I, like, literally, I can hear a voice, but I can't hear the question. Uh, did you believe sort of what McCagnan and his crew said in their press conferences? Did you sort of take him at his word that he seems like he'll be a best player available guy? Or do you think he had played the game really well and maybe is smoke screening a little bit and, and um, you know, has his strategy? 
I, I really can't hear anything you're saying. Okay, hold on, Dom. We'll, we'll try to figure out the uh, the technical stuff. We we have a bar full of about a hundred people here, so we're just working on um, okay on getting that figured out. Um, and, and Joe, talk to that a little bit, though. That's a great point. That so, they yeah. had their press conferences this week. I think it's usually difficult to get a read on a new general manager or a new head coach or any general manager or head coach on their pre-draft press conference. But you know, I think McCagden kind of gave off the impression of a guy who would seem to want to trade back and potentially compile picks more so of maybe being aggressive and giving up many picks to you know, move up potentially in the top two or three. That being said, could he have just been, you know, blowing smoke to try to throw throw off the teams around him? I, I'm not sure, but I, I definitely left that pre-draft press conference with the impression that, you know, this is a team that's probably trying to trade back from six and then may trade back again at a later point to, you know, recoup that fourth and fifth round pick that they don't have anymore. Yeah. Dom, were you able to, uh, to hear some more of that? I sort of heard you there, but I, I, I really didn't hear anything before that. Dom, yeah. I apologize. Too many people. Yeah, there's 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 quite a bit of ambient noise okay, I here. Just, I just hear a lot of background noise yeah. whenever anybody starts to talk. There's quite a bit of ambient noise here, so we're just we're working it out. You're our first call of the night, so I do appreciate you being patient with us. Um, if you could uh, just talk to us about where you think they'll go, Dom. What I think they'll pick tonight? Yes. I I I think they're going to go with an edge rusher. Um, you know, Dante Fowler, if he falls that far, I don't think he will. If he doesn't, I, I can certainly see them going with, with Bud Dupree or even or, or Vic Beasley. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of getting another edge rusher to kind of complete this defense that's being rebuilt this offseason seems to be the way they want to go. I think Cagney hinted at that last week by talking about having a, a pipeline of, of, of edge rushers in the way the Steelers have done for, for something like 20 years. So, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the way they go. But, it, but again, it, it comes down to what, how they have guys ranked on their draft board and what's done in front of them. You know, if Amari Cooper, for example, is still there, you know, it wouldn't be out of the, the, the realm of possibility for them to take him either. But, it, but I really see them kind of going with an edge rusher one way or another. Okay, uh, Dom, can you hear me? This is Cal. Okay, Dom, we're, we're going to go ahead and let you go, Dom, because we're, we're still working out the, the, the kinks here with the sound. But thank you so much for a couple of minutes, and, and uh, really appreciate it. Keep up the great work on NJ.com, on New Jersey Advanced Media. And, um, you know, enjoy the draft tonight. You guys have been putting in a ton of work over there. Thanks. So. You too, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Dom. We'll talk to you soon. Have fun tonight. Drink up. <laughs> Thanks, Dom. Well, Thanks, Dom. Okay, so that was uh, that was Dom Cosentino. We'll continue to work on on the sound for our you know for our callers. Um, it's a little difficult. So There's a lot of ambient noise here, Absolutely. but Dom made a number of really good points about the Jets. Yeah. No, I was going to say you know that's a good problem to have, right? We have a lot of people here. He couldn't hear us. It's a good problem. It's a first world problem. Did you just say we have a good problem? It's a good problem. There's yeah. no such thing as a good problem. All right, move on. All right. So <laughs> one of the things that Dom brought up is is this idea of people trying to postulate what the Jets are going to do by Todd Bowles and by the system that Todd Bowles runs. You guys at TOJ have done a great job of that, of trying to break down and maybe predict where the Jets go based on the defense he runs, based on the defense he ran in Arizona, he's run in the past. Joe, do you think, though, that how much can we tell from that if you marry that with need? It, it's very difficult because, again, Bowles was not really in a decision-making position there, similar to how McCagnin wasn't in Houston. So, you know, we've seen some talk that 
they're not going to take Vic Beasley because he's too light of a linebacker and Todd Bowles comes from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. Well, you know, Bill Parcells isn't coaching the NFL in a long time. And who's to say that Todd Bowles doesn't have his own thoughts and his own strategy and might not think Beasley is good enough value at six to take? Yes, you might look and say, you know what, he's usually played with heavier linebackers, so maybe a guy like Bud Dupree makes sense. But we don't have enough of a history of Todd Bowles in a key decision-making position to base that off of and just say, you know what, they're not going to take Vic Beasley because, you know, he's 238 pounds. Right. He, it's impossible to just write him off the board because of that. And, right. you, and, you know, we're coming off of a coach with two GMs that had a lot of input in that draft room. I'm wondering, and I'll, I'd like to get your take on it, Joe, how much input does Bowles really have? Like, when the decision is finally made, how much of it is Bowles, how much of it is McCagney? It's, it's a very good question, and one that it, it's almost impossible to ever really know the answer to. I think when the Jets hired both of them, they were very clear. They did a lot of outreach to kind of clarify the power structure, where it's McCagney will, you know, pick and sign the players, and Bowles has say over the final 53. So kind of separating those two jobs and... That way there's not any potential conflict of interest. But again, both these guys are have, have this job for the first time in their careers. So when they actually get in the war room and, you know, McCagnan is pounding his fists on the table and Bowles is and they're going head-to-head, you would have to think that McCagnan would probably win out. I mean, that's what they brought him here. He's a guy who came up as an area scout, who came up as a director of college scouting. That ultimately should be his final decision. But it will be interesting to see the type of players they pick and how do people kind of assign, oh, was that, was that a Todd Bowles pick? Was that, was yeah. that really something that Cagnon pushed for? Which is hard to say at this point. And we've seen it, you know, with this team over the last few years during the Rex Ryan regime where you didn't know what the power struggle was. Like if you... you <laughs> Anybody know, from Clemson, Rex, Rex decided to pick. <laughs> if you read Collision Low Crossers or whatever, you saw that there was a, a complete uh, sort of... Uh, you know, uh, the coaches feeding the players to Mike Tannenbaum, and it was really seemed to be coach-oriented. This is also the first draft the Jets have done in 10, 12 years without Terry Bradwell involved yeah. remotely. Very good point. A guy who's been a highly, highly influential voice in the room for over a decade now, and this is really the first time this team has truly cleaned house since uh, probably around Parcells, you know, Parcells' time here. They're really getting rid of Brad- Bradway, getting rid of Jeff Bauer, and bringing in Rex Hogan, bringing in Brian Heimerdinger, and not just rebuilding the GM and the head coaching position and cleaning out basically the entire coaching staff, but also in those personnel positions, uh, you know, filling them with Hogan and Heimerdinger. So it, it is a clean slate, and to act like we have any idea what's going to happen, it, it's difficult, and that's why it's hard to buy any kind of rumors. It's arrogant, or It's arrogant. It's, it's yeah, insulting. It's insulting. That's what's <laughs> fun about it. it right? Is. Speculating it is. is fun. It's a little insulting. You insult them a little bit. A little right, bit. Now listen, we're about seven minutes away from the draft kicking off and, and Tampa Bay going on the clock. Yes. And the big news leading up to the draft right now is Tennessee is talking to everybody. 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 Everybody in this room, everybody at the draft. Tennessee is talking to everybody. Joe, what do you think? Does Tennessee move out of that pick? I think ultimately they'll find a way to move out of that pick. I think there's just too many teams who are potentially interested in moving to that spot, and it's really hard to believe that they're just going to sit there and take Mariota. I don't think that he's a guy that Ken Wisenhut sees in his offense, which is you know a narrow-minded way of thinking, but it's hard to rely on the Titans to make you know the right or the logical decision. This is a team that's been one of the worst in football the past few years, and I think they want to trade down. I think they're content with Zach Mettenberger. If they don't find a deal they like, maybe they stay put for Mariota, but I think with everything we've heard about Philadelphia, everything we've heard about Cleveland, even teams like Chicago and St. Louis and the Jets, I think they're going to find a way to get out of that spot, and that's really where everything's going to start getting interesting. Right. Once they move out of that spot, all the dominoes are going to fall after that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. And one more thing on the Jets, just to just to just uh, that I wanted to bring up. 
and then we, you know, let's get into all, everybody mode. And I think, I think we have a special guest coming on in a couple of seconds. Uh-oh. But just to get to everybody mode, or, or back to Jets mode for a second, nice to have two guys on the same timetable. Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Todd Bowles and, and, and Mike McCannion should be working in conjunction with, a, with each I, I other. I always think that in retrospect, we will look back and say, look, after 2012, they should have just cut it clean, fired Tandemom and Rex at the same time. Because when you have two guys on two different timelines, it, it leads to some conflicts in personnel. And that's what we saw well, last year. Did. And, yeah, and it was an ugly situation last year. And this team has had a lot of ugly situations since 2010. 2011 was a mess at the end of the year. 2012 was a disaster. You know, 2013, we got a little break from it, and then last year we were right back to it. So it's good to have two guys, clean slate, first time in their new positions, on the same timeline, as you said, which will be hopefully a productive relationship moving forward. I mean, I want, I want to stop short of saying what could possibly go wrong, but... <laughs> don't you, don't you not, dare. Well, I didn't say it, but it is nice for the first time in years to have a little confidence that the guys making the picks are going to make a right pick. Yeah, no, I, I hope so. I think they inspired a lot of confidence with this free agency period. But, uh, you know, the draft is a whole different beast. So you know, Anything can happen. Let's see that, how they attack it and how they go about doing it. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Guys, give me real quick a, a storyline, though, that, like, uh, the Lyle Collins storyline, I think, is huge. Um, there are a number of storylines surrounding this draft as we're about four minutes away where, wow, like... Wow, you get, arrest, you get arrested for read two days before the draft? <laughs> wow. Like, you know, Lel Collins has a ton hanging over him right now. He may be undraftable. Well, the, his agent was looking at taking him out of the and draft. putting him in the supplemental. Right. Literally, you could not have worse timing for that guy. And a guy who arguably may have been the top offensive lineman in the draft. So I, I don't think anyone's going to touch him tonight. But how far does he fall? Far does he, does he fall to the second round? Does he fall to the third round? If you're the Jets and he's staring you at the face in the third or fourth round, are you confident enough in your infrastructure to pull the pull yeah, the trigger? And at that I don't point? think I don't think with with Collins guys, I don't think anybody can be with the current climate of the NFL, with what's going with just what, what just happened with Aaron Hernandez. Like you cannot take a chance on a guy like that where it's completely unknown right now whether he's going to be facing charges in a, in a murder investigation. Absolutely. It's yeah. too big of a risk. You can't, you can't yeah. risk potentially losing out. Yeah. So we're about four minutes away from the draft starting. We do have a special guest, guys. Cal, you and I have been talking about this guy for five and a half years. We've been, doing, we've been doing the podcast for five and a half years. Right. We've known this guy all our life. No, no. Stay there, Joe. Stay, stay, stay. We're just going to swing this mic. Let's bring him in here. Let's bring him in. Yeah, he's a, just watch your step there. He's very agile for a bigger guy. He's an enormous, enormous talent. He's, 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 he's I think he huge. used to play ball when he was younger. He used to play ball, right? Okay. Went to St. John's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, you, okay. All right. Uh, it is, it is an honor and a privilege to have Zon here. Zon, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, guys. You know, uh, you know, I had to jump over the the wires you got over here. <laughs> yeah. There's a little hop, skip, and a jump, but with two knee replacements, you look good. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I'm a big guy. But you go. move well for a big guy. Yeah, our sound guys, our sound guys, going to work with you a little bit. Okay. Get him settled in. Get him settled in. Yeah. There he is, uh, Zon. How are you feeling about this draft? How are you feeling, buddy? Uh, well, here's the thing with the, and you know, this is the Jets. Podcast, so we should talk about the Jets. Well, it's, it's, we do New York you know, sports, so well, you know. I mean, the Giants. This is how the draft goes. Okay, uh, the Giants do it right, and the uh, the Jets do it wrong. 
just like they do everything. They do it wrong. Uh, now listen, Todd Bowles, uh, he's my guy, you know, because he's a Paul Sells guy, so he's, he's one of my guys. He came up in the same system. Same tree. Same so tree. So they're good there. I don't know anything about McCagney. All right. So, go ahead, Cal. Did you see Idzik failing? I mean, I, I thought Idzik was going to be a home run. He couldn't be a bigger joke. I mean, you got to be kidding me, this guy. I mean, I, I called it when they got rid of Tannenbaum but didn't get rid of Rex. That was when the disaster started. It was a complete disaster. Uh, we, I, I want to play this. Will they play? Will they play? Will they play? <laughs> Dan wanted me to do that. <laughs> he, he likes it even though we nobody's will, playing. We will never get tired of it. I gotta be honest with you, I wanted you to do it too. Um, listen, Zon, it's, it's an honor to have you. Give us your predictions for the Jets and Giant picks. Uh, Alright, well, with the Jets... With the Jets, I have... Uh, then probably take uh, the kid. Uh, and the Giants will probably take the kid also. So the, the, the Jets will take the kid, and then the Giants will take the kid. Uh, Which kid? They're going to go with the kid. The kid. The, you know, the one that was on TV uh, in, the, in one of the bowl games? The kid. Yeah. Listen, i got to ask you too. Is Mariota, is Mariota a window throw? Mariota is not a window throw. He reminds me of Kaepernick. Okay. Uh, so Mariota is Mariota. He's actually Kaepernick. And have you put away your snowblower? I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> have you put away your snowblower? The snowblower is in the garage where it can't hurt anybody, okay? Okay, right. If you had to make a prediction for the... So is Jameis Winston going to be the first overall pick? I think he's going to be a very good player. I really do. Uh, enormous? He will be an enormous star in this league. Will he be as big a star as Andrew Luck? He's going to be involved, but just huge, absolutely huge. Because nobody's bigger than Andrew Luck, right? Well, Andrew Luck, he, I mean, if it wasn't for how bad the, the rest of the team was, he would already have about, you know, he'd probably have three Super Bowls. Now. But, you know, the Patriots cheat, so, you know, he doesn't have them. So, I, I understand you have a little bit of, uh, we're going to do Vermont Teddy Bears, or are we going to do the seat swap? Uh, we're going to do a uh, seat swap, I believe. Uh, seat swap, all right. So, Mons has your copy there. Uh, thank you, Mom. Really, and really swallow the mic. Swallow it. You know, take it full, in there. Yep. full Monty. All right, folks. Although I'm never swapping seats with any of you people because I'm never leaving, okay? I'm planning on having the number one show well into the next century. I don't know about that. Oh, I'm retiring soon. That said, I've been to every big event in sports, and there's no excuse for missing out on the game, a show of a lifetime, okay? I was there during Super Bowl three, getting some Johnny Unitas audio for the contest, and I'm telling you, there's nothing like being there. So use your head. StubHub, just like Michael K., can get lost. I actually have my, my fact of the day here from Oliver Reinhardt, and did you know that over 40% of tickets on the secondary market go unsold? Folks, that's unbelievable. But my math, by my math, that's thousands of people, it's an enormous amount, that are missing out on the chance to go to events they love. That's like waiting on hold for two hours to talk about, you know, Jason Giambi or something stupid like that, even though it never gets on the air. Uh, okay, so go to Seat Swap and get to more of the events you love, so don't be a dope, and go to SeatSwapTickets.com. That's SeatSwapTickets.com. And uh, if you do, God bless you.
All right, thanks, Zon. I mean, tremendous job. We're, we're going to go to the draft now. We'd like you to stay put. But I'm more important. Because you, you, you can't buddy, have a draft without Zon. Thank you. Your, your buddy Roger Goodell is coming on in a second. Oh, that guy's a What a clown. I mean, how much does Roger Goodell upset you, Zon? I mean, he's... Here he comes. Jay, can we have the TV sound come up, please? To one of football's best homes, Chicago. Selection Square. All right, folks, we're getting ready for the for the draft. ESPN is doing its little uh, bumper here. Guys, final. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has has to be Winston. Oh yeah, maybe the kid. Maybe the kid. What about the guy? 1889. You could have the guy. Or the guy you know, he could be the one. Cal, James Winston. Could it be the gunslinger? Could be Thomas the Edison's <laughs> Maybe a window for it. Alright, so Jay, you can cut our mics real quick and let's just have the TV. 21-year-old draftsman named Frank Lloyd Wright held decided and Teddy Roosevelt, among others, accepted a presidential nomination in this building. That was 1912. meeting and who else to open it the commissioner will open it in a moment but welcome everybody there's Mel Kuyper who invented the draft <laughs> and selected Jay Perwanger with the very first got in the 30. there's John Gruden from Monday Night Football and a Super Bowl champion coach welcome player personnel director Eagles Redskins Lewis Riddick good to have you with us absolutely can't wait Tonight, for the first time in 51 years, Chi-Town is Draft Town. Thank you and welcome to the thousands of fans that are out here from Chicago, the millions of fans who are watching on the NFL Network and ESPN, and to all of our fans around the world, a heartfelt thank you for making the NFL great. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. All right, it's time to have some fun. The 2015 NFL Draft is officially open. about 50 degrees here along Lake Michigan. Why not kick it off? And the Bucks are on the clock. And when they've been on the clock with the number one overall pick, they, of course, were an expansion team. And they're very... All right. Overall was one of the greatest of all time. 
So here we are, guys. We are on the clock. Welcome to the 2015 NFL Draft. Joe, Cal, Dalvin, Tiny, TOJ, but we are here. It is here. Made it. Made it. I can't believe it. We made it. We made it. I feel like hugging. I, and, I mean, it was going to come, you know, barring like... But you think it never will. You think it never will. It's like Christmas. And then here it is. So, Tampa Bay is on the clock. We all think that this was... Probably not a good time to turn off the TVs. <laughs> we all think that it's Jameis Winston, guys. They've had all kinds of time to figure this out. Lovey Smith, the head coach. Is this a no-brainer? I mean, I think we, some of the trade rumors that we've heard about, what Philadelphia has offered, multiple first-round picks, Fletcher Cox, some of the other guys that they're putting on the block, I, you never want to write anything like that off. But again, I feel like the safe money is... That Tampa Bay stays put, takes their franchise quarterback, buys Lovey Smith, buys a GM a little time to develop a guy like that. And there's some talent on that offense. They have Mike Evans, they have Vincent Jackson. Winston is the best quarterback in this class. He very well may be the best overall player in this class, never mind offensive player. I, I think you don't overthink this one. You go get your quarterback. And this could be a team that might turn around pretty quickly. I'm not saying a 10 and 16, but could they go from you know a 2-3 win team to a 7-8 win team? If Winston's competent as a rookie, it's not out of the question. Is, is there any chance that Winston is not their quarterback and Mariota is? Is there I, any chance? I, I would, would never say the, 0%. The, I would say less than... The greatest smokescreen yeah. of all time. I would say less than 5%. Well, I don't I'm think just, Tampa Bay is that smart. You, but you never Cal, this is what you do, Cal. You I, throw it out there. That's it. Devil's advocate. You, you never you write anything off. You never CBS, write anything off. On but CBS this summer. Devil's advocate. I... I think it Sorry, ends, I, think, I think this is the only point of the draft where we see the chalk pick in Winston, and then after that, I you know we have no idea. Oh, yeah, this lose. could be the after last chalk moment, uh, you know that comes. And Jay Mafale, our sound guy, Mafale, you got to be on the on the queue, baby, because we're going to need that. We're gonna, all right, he's a professional. He knows exactly what he's doing. Professional what? Sound guy. <laughs> Sorry. After this pick goes through, I go, in full, I go in full rooting mode for Dante Fowler to be there at number six. That's where my focus shifts to. So you you officially downshift to Dante Fowler that, or bust mode. That That is my hope for number six. I think he's the best defensive player in the draft. So if you could get him at six. Have you I made a t-shirt? Dante Fowler <laughs> they, or bust. If they take him, but there may be, have to be maybe the focus of the new t-shirt that comes my, out. My <laughs> buddy Bry out there, who's a big uh, Bears fan, Brian's here tonight. Uh, is he wearing I the Brandon he, Marshall jersey? He is. He's already been on the Twitter. I got him right away. <laughs> he is going to. I think he is wearing a Dante Fowler or Bust T-shirt uh, for the Bears. Uh, guys, this may be the last chalk pick of the night. Everybody out there, what do you guys think? Is this Jameis Winston or what? Yeah. Is it a no-brainer? Are we going as as Zon would say? We're going chalk. Okay, we're going chalk. All right. It's got to be. I feel like it's, it's got to be, be right. It's got to be. What do you guys make of the question marks that surround Jameis Winston? I mean. Obviously, there's the off-the-field concerns. You know, do you just ignore them if you're Tampa Bay? Do you put them in the right system where Lovey Smith is a coach who is a player's coach, has a reputation for having a good relationship with his players? Look, I mean, I feel there's, there's unquestionably serious off-the-field concerns. But if you're a Tampa Bay, you have to trust that you did your due, due, due diligence and trust that he can succeed in your program and your infrastructure that you're going to build around him. Because there's just too much on-field talent to pass up on for a team who doesn't have a quarterback right but, now. But are you worried about him being too close to home? It's a really, it's a really valid concern. But you know, are you worried about him being in New York? He, he get in trouble anywhere. So either he's going to get it or he's not going to get it. And we're seeing that the patience level is getting, you know, quicker and quicker. 
Browns were ready to give up on Johnny Manziel. He's thrown 30 passes in the NFL. We were here a year ago yes. where Cleveland was ecstatic to get Johnny Manziel. We all thought, hey, this is a great pick. It's great to see him going there. It's like his NFL career is over already. Yeah. Like, how adamant they are about getting a Bradford I mean, or a Mariota. It's, it's insane to think you about. You make one trip to rehab. One trip to rehab. You dive I on mean, one swan when you're drunk. Listen, you fix one pipe, you're not a plumber, but you suck... Well, this is a PG-13 PG pod, everybody. <laughs> so we got about uh, uh, Jacksonville, has, or Jacksonville, Tampa Bay has about... The pick is in, by the way. The pick way. is in. The pick is in. So when we go to the podium, we will go to the podium. We have Jay Mafale ready to go to the podium. I love go to the podium. He's not going to literally go to the podium, right? No. He's going to stay here with He's us? He's going to stay here right. over there running the sound. Hope. It would suck if he walked he to just podium. left. Yeah. And, and we're like, what are you doing, Jay Mafale? You don't have anything to announce. Are you going to make an oration right now? Why are you going to a podium? I, uh, I've decided that that's going to be a part of my marriage now, by the way. What, walking to the podium? Yeah, anytime Teresa and I have a big announcement to make, we're going to set up a podium in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to walk to the podium and make a big announcement. I put right, my, my answer is in. <laughs> and then wait five seconds. It appears my answer is in, Teresa. I'm going to go ahead and walk to the podium. Got a lot of Eagles fans here. Today. A lot of Eagles fans. Eagles fans. There's a nice, nice mix of people. Um, thank you all again for coming out. Five milestone. We are seconds away from the first pick in the draft, which I agree, guys, will be the first draft pick, uh, be the first, and maybe only chalk pick here today. I, I expect it to get highly chaotic after this pick. I'm yeah. going to go catch my breath. I'm going to let my man Dalvin and Joe hop on, and I'm going to come back, in here? Right. charge up, give myself a little pep talk, because it's going to get insane after this pick, I think. So I'm going to say Dalvin as, like, Brooklyn as I possibly can. Can I we like bring Dalvin, Dalvin in Dalvin. here? D-A-W-L. Like right. <laughs> suddenly I'm my mother. B-I-N-N. -N. And there's a Brooklyn, Long Island dialect coming out. Listen. All right. Dalvin, come in. Sit down. And we're going to the podium, I think. Did Maybe you eat your skin and bones? Bring it up, Jay. Cut the mics and bring up the podium. The latest was December of 1963. Now we're here in 2015. Who's the pick? With the first pick in the 2015 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Jameis Winston. All right, so there it is. Okay, so we all knew that was coming, guys. That might be the last predictable moment of this draft. I'm not going to exaggerate. Can I try to create a little more drama? That may be the last sane thing we see this evening. And now the madness starts. Listen, Cal, this is... After watching some film, we're not experts. We, we watch film of these guys. Everybody's an NFL draft expert, right? Because everybody can go on YouTube and watch these guys right. throw. But the one thing you saw from Jameis Winston that you liked, maybe if you watch the combine or you watch his games and you're not a huge college football fan but you watch him in the BCS, is he seems to make pro throws. Right. He seems to be running a pro offense. Everybody talks about him as a great leader. Everybody talks about, about him as, as a great character guy for his teammates. From a Jet fan perspective, I wouldn't have touched him with a 10-meter cattle prod. Really? No. Wow. Because I feel like the off-the-field stuff is way just too, too much. Dangerous. Yes. So, but but on the field, I mean, this kid is a sophomore. Yes. And he's he's mature beyond his age on the field. 
on the field, he's by far and away the best quarterback in the draft. He is. Uh, uh, by far and he's and a franchise quarterback. And the most ready to play. Right. He'll step in this year. the most ready to play. But that said, it's a huge risk. It's a definite huge risk that you're waiting. You're almost waiting for him to implode. It's like you're a record company signing, you know, like, like Miley Cyrus. Like you're, you're just waiting for the, the Twitter feed with, you know, some bad picture. You know what I mean? Right. We have uh, two more guys from Turn on the Jets joining us right now. Hot pot of coffee. Guys, a couple of things. Make sure you swallow the mics. Keep them real close. Yeah, they are wide open. Good. Introduce yourselves, tell everybody what you do, and how much you bench. <laughs> I bench 225, 40 reps. Dalvin Osario, running backs and podcasts, return on the Jets. I'm Joe Malfa. I bench twice as much as he does, and um, I do staff writing for return on the Jets. Awesome. Welcome, Joe, guys. Dalvin, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Uh, great to have you guys here. So the Winston pick is in. We all pretty much saw it was going to happen. Dalvin, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts? I mean, Tampa Bay had to do it, right? They had to do it. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you're, you're talking about a team who, a very good defense, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, Austin Safarian, Jenkins at tight end, a very good offensive line. They have holes at running back, but now you plug Winston into that team, they're a legitimate playoff contender in the NFC, legitimate. The, the character concerns, I agree with you. I, th- I think they're a bit overblown. I think that you're looking at a kid who has the same character concerns that Ben Roethlisberger has. Ben Roethlisberger won two Super Bowls. And you're talking about the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. You have to take him. It, it, was, a, it was a no-brainer and made the most sense. Did, did it make the most sense for Tampa Bay? Or did it make the most sense for whoever was taking that pick first? I think, yeah, I mean, I, and Joe, you can chime in. I think it makes the most sense for Tampa Bay and whoever was picking number one. Like, if the Jets traded up for number one, you have to take Winston. I think it makes sense all around. He was the, he's the best. He's presents the most value out of everybody in the draft. Leonard Williams might be the best player, but Winston presents the most value, and I think you have to take him number one. Any quarterback needy team, that's the guy you go with. Mariota, again, you know, he's good if he went to the Eagles with a spread, but he's, he's got a learning curve if he went to any other pro-style offense. Winston, on the other hand, he'll fit right in. Uh, he's got some nice toys to work with in, uh, in the receivers there, and Sparian Jenkins at tight end. He's got to mature, obviously, and if anybody's going to do that, Lovey Smith's a great, great guy in terms of that, so he could definitely help him in the maturity process, and I think a factor being overlooked is he gets to stay in Florida, stay home in that area. So he's got family around him that could help him out maybe. So, okay, so now we're on the clock for pick number two, guys, and this is where it gets interesting. The Titans are on the clock, and apparently they have talked to everybody, including our sound engineer, Jay Mafali, about the pick. And he doesn't even know what a football is, let's be honest. So are they going to trade out of this spot? All the rumors we've been hearing for months and months and months about uh, the San Diego Chargers and Philip Rivers trading into that spot. They, uh, apparently the Chargers told Philip Rivers he wasn't going to be traded during this draft, so you can kind of cross this out. The Cleveland Browns have been rumored to want to get into that spot, get into the two, get Marcus Mariota. They have two first-round picks to, to choose from. Dobbin, I'll start with you, then Joe will get you. Uh, Dobbin, are they going to trade this pick, or are they going to take Mariota? You know... If you had asked me this two months ago, I would have told you that Mariota was definitely the pick. But Wizenhunt has spent the last three months talking up Mettenberger. I think I don't think it's a smokescreen. I think I think they're gonna pass on Mariota. I think they're gonna trade back. I think Philly's trading up to go get him. I think that it makes the most sense for them. I think it makes the most sense for them. I think that the Titans have a couple more holes. It would make sense for them to trade back and acquire more picks. Seeing now, Cal guys, we're just seeing this now over the Twitter feed. We got everything working here that the Titans are indeed going to take Marcus Mariota with this second pick. 
I wonder if that's a matter of them needing this, you know, them wanting Mariota or just not getting enough for him. I don't think it's a matter of not getting enough. I think it's that for all the talks they've had about trades, they just haven't had enough time to get it done. I wouldn't be surprised if we see within the next half hour, maybe the next couple days, that he's traded somewhere else. He's going to be, he could be a temporary stay here in Tennessee. Um, a lot of teams, you know, even the Eagles with Bradford, you know, there's guys that got to take physical, so they need time to pass here. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point, but Zach Mettenberger. I keep coming back to Zach Mettenberger. I think Marcus Mariota is a better option for them. So you got a good point. They could trade him. That We've seen that done before. Yeah. But the, the other option is not that great. Yeah, and we're going to get ready, Jay, to, uh, to go back to the sound live. Uh, Commissioner Goodell might uh, be coming to the podium, but apparently Twitter has ruined it. Uh, Twitter ruins everything. And, and um, then we ruined it. And then we ruined it. So... Uh, with Marcus Mariota being the pick. Guys, if this is the pick, this makes a ton of sense to me because I don't see, if you're the Titans, how you could possibly pass on getting a franchise quarterback who can grow in that sense. I think Ken Wisenhunt is greatly overrated. That said, they'd be super smart. I've been talking to my buddy Jess about this a ton, guys. Super smart to do what they did for RJ3 and bring his offense in. Bring his offense Bring that spread offense as much as you can with you to the Tennessee Titans and, and do just what they did for RJ3 where they put Baylor's offense in. My, my only question to that is, is Wizenhunt not stubborn enough to do that? Because I think with Wizenhunt, I think with Wizenhunt, he wants his offense. He's not going to cater his offense to a rookie quarterback. And so I worry about Mariota fitting in there. And, and I, I think the interesting thing to think about is, we always thought Chip Kelly would trade up to get Mariota. What if Chip Kelly decides Philly's not for him in a couple of years and then he goes to Mariota if it doesn't work with Wisenhunt, like you said, Dalvinson? Now, a lot of the talk for the trades with the Eagles and the Titans involve players like Cox, Kendricks, Bradford. So, like I said before, again, it could involve physicals a lot, a long process that couldn't get done in the time that the team's on the clock. So, I wouldn't be surprised if shortly we see, not shortly, but maybe in the next couple of days, something with the, between the Eagles and the Titans after all those physicals pass through. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It could be. Now, we're going to take a call. We have a call coming in uh, from uh, Christian Dyer from NewJerseyMedia.com, or NJ.com, I should say, Advanced Media. Uh, Christian has uh, been on hold for a couple of minutes. Sorry about that, Christian. Um, there's a ton of ambient noise here, uh, so hopefully you can hear us. I'm going to direct traffic. Uh, but uh, Christian Dyer, welcome to uh, welcome to the program. Okay, Christian uh, was on hold there. Apparently, maybe he's listening to the draft. Okay, C Commissioner Goodell is going to the podium. Let's bring up the TV. The Tennessee Titans select Marcus Mariano. So there we have it, guys. A lot of people saying that maybe this isn't going to stick. You know, Joe, you bring up a great point. Maybe there's a trade involved. Okay, so here we go. So go ahead, go ahead. Well, so Ian Rappaport just tweeted that the Titans refused the Eagles' massive offer to go up to number two, so it seems like they're going to keep Mariota. Yeah, it seems like they, they rebuffed 
which I love using that word. They rebuffed any trade offers. Everybody was rebuffed. And Marcus Mariota is a Tennessee Titan. And I, I got to feel like it's a good landing spot for him. I got to feel like it's a place he can grow. You mentioned Mettenberger, Cal. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's a good landing spot for him. The other thing that was interesting was that reaction in Chicago. It didn't sound like a unanimous reaction that they were happy with the pick. I'm, I was surprised by that. I thought they would, be, they would be very happy with that pick. We've talked a lot about Marcus Mariota. You guys uh, at TOJ have talked about him a ton. Cal, you and I have broached the subject, but we were dealing with Islander playoff hockey, so we haven't really touched on it as much. But listen, he's a physical specimen. He's a very good athlete, 6'4", you know, 220. Do you worry that he's a system quarterback, Joe? Is he, is he going to take time? What's your ceiling on him? Uh, the ceiling, I wouldn't. It, it all depends on whether he could adapt to that pro-style offense more. Um, they showed the stat. He took 12 snaps under center during college, all 12 for kneel downs. So it's a matter of whether or not he can adjust to that pro-style offense. If they give him his offense that he's comfortable with, he'll grow, he'll play well, I think. But it's all a matter of the adjustment period. We saw with, Andrew, um, sorry, uh, with Robert Griffin III, it's a matter of adjusting, and that's, that's, that's all there is to it, really. Does, yeah, does he have enough talent around him to succeed right away? Not there. Um, if they didn't go Mariota, another pick I thought they might have gone is one of the receivers to give to Mettenberger. But obviously they're not as into Mettenberger as they let on in the pre-draft period. So I don't really know what's going on in Tennessee. He doesn't really have the weapons. Um, that's, yeah. a team, that's a team in desperate need of an identity, in desperate need of a way to sell tickets. I think Marcus Mariota is part of that. All right, we're going to try to go back to the phone lines here. Uh, and I'm not quite sure who we have on. We we're supposed to have Christian Dyer on from NJ.com, uh, Advanced Media. Is this Christian? Uh, hey, guys, having a hard time hearing you. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Christian. We're trying really hard. Uh, we have a room full of about 100 people. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. We hear you loud and clear. Christian, thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes to meet with us. Uh, we have the Turn on the Jets guys here, of course, myself and Brian Calvi from Ready to Unload. Uh, uh, sports. Well, you know, the first two picks are in, Christian, and we'll get to the Jets in a second, but give me your impressions. Well, <laughs> I hate saying that. Tell me what you think yeah. of the first two picks. Yeah, well, I, I think the Tennessee Titans got the best quarterback in the draft right now. Um, uh, it, it, it's going to be a work in progress, but certainly Marcus Mariota steps into a place where if the Titans are wise about this, um, and I'm not sure that they will be, but if the Titans are wise about this, they're going to be able to uh, develop him, bring him along slowly. I think Zach Mettenberger has the makings of being a solid NFL starter, not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination, but a solid NFL uh, starting quarterback. And if the Titans go about things the right way, don't rush him along, let him develop, let him grow, let him build some confidence learn the system, and acclimate to the NFL. I, I think they got a very nice pick and a, and a cornerstone kind of piece. Uh, unfortunately, in today's NFL, if you're a first-round pick at quarterback, uh, the days no longer exist where uh, an Eli Manning sits behind Kurt Warner for half a year or Aaron Rodgers uh, learns and develops behind Brett Favre. You're forced into a starting role, which uh, we've seen with Geno Smith in New York can, can hurt things. So uh, I, I think the Titans right now have positioned themselves very well if they're smart about Mariota's development. Now, uh, so we, we know that the pick is in uh, for... 
the uh, uh, the pick is uh, the third round. Uh, the third pick is in for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, where do you think they go here? Because the board has broken uh, with Winston and Mariota. Um, do you think the Jaguars? They really could go anywhere. Do you think Leonard Williams is the pick here? I, I mean, conventional wisdom would hold that Leonard Williams is the best player in the draft, and I, and I don't disagree. This this is. This is the kind of guy that you build your foundation of your team around. You go Blake Bortles, you go offense last year, uh, and then you go on the defensive side of the ball, and you get the most dominant defensive linemen uh, to come out of college football. I think that'd be a tremendous fit for the Jaguars. Um, you know, it's the kind of fit that I think makes sense and builds championships. And it might not be the sexy pick. It might not be the wide receiver or the guy that's going to get gaudy stats, but uh, I certainly think it's the kind of guy who's going to beef up everything literally and, uh, and, and very much figuratively for the Jaguars. Made the argument. Uh, a lot of people have made the argument, Christian, that he's the best player in the draft, Leonard Williams, overall. A lot of people have them at the top of their list uh, overall as best player available. So, again, like you said, it's not the sexy pick, but it is the pick that makes sense. But, again, we all know where John Itzik is right now. So the pick that makes sense might not necessarily be coming um, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I may break away from you for a second, Christian, because I believe uh, Commissioner Goodell might go back to the podium. Uh, but before we do that, so if that's the way it breaks, and now we're getting close to Jet territory, how have you felt about what they might do? Well, certainly there's going to be a lot of momentum building for the Jets in terms of an outside pass rusher. Um, you know, I, personally, I'm not sure that's the best direction to go. I, I would think that if they can trade back out of that pick, it would be a good fit. Okay, I think, is that, uh, is that uh, are we getting the word here, guys? Uh, okay, we're, we're not going to, spoiler alert, Christian, if you don't want to know what the third pick is... <laughs> Uh, no, it appears that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Dante Fowler. That is what is out there right now. Um, so that is a guy to cross off the Jets board. Hold on one second, Christian. Commissioner Goodell is going to the podium. With the third pick in the 2015 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Dante Fowler, Jr., defensive end, Florida. In a magnificent suit! So Jacksonville picks a Gator, who's also from the Sun. The board is breaking nicely. <laughs> let's just let's just all take a minute to recognize Dante Fowler's suit, because this is amazing. I want everybody to look at this tuxedo. Everybody, take a look. That is fantastic. Cal, I don't care what kind of player he turns into. That suit is amazing. That's how you go dress to the that's draft. That's how you go to the. That's how you do the draft. Christian. So there you go. There's a guy. There's a guy to scratch off the Jets board uh, that they may have been very, very high on. Now, if you're the Jets, recalibrate. What are you thinking? Was that question for me? Yes, I'm sorry, Christian. That was for you. That was for you. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see where things play out. If Leonard Williams falls to the Jets at number six, they would get the best player in the draft. Um, however, I have a hard time thinking that uh, he, w he will not go beyond number four with Oakland. It just seems like a natural fit, the USC product out there uh, in Oakland. But someone good is going to end up falling uh, to, to, to the Jets. 
certainly you would think that maybe Kevin White as well uh, becomes available. Is Vic Beasley somebody who's going to be uh, who's going to be there? Perhaps the best outside linebacker in the draft. Um, you know, you you would think maybe the Jets would be a little hesitant to go outside linebacker with what happened with Vernon Golston a few years ago. But uh, right now the Jets are going to get one of three players that they desperately need. And I think they could also go offensive line here and, and certainly hit a home run as well with Schreff. But well, whoever, whoever it is that Oakland is picking, their pick is in already. So they knew who they wanted. They made that pick almost immediately. Yeah, so the Oakland pick is definitely in. Uh, so they knew who they wanted to go to immediately. Christian, uh, we're just one more for you quickly here. Um, do they? I know you mentioned Leonard Williams. Do they pull the trigger on Leonard Williams if he's there? I mean, do you really think that they do it? Do they? Do do you, Christian? I'm sorry. Hey, hey, yeah. Do you hey guys? Yes. Guys, I can't. I can't hear anything. I I'm, I apologize. I no no I can't no. Hear anything? Not your fault at all. We we have a about a hundred people here at the bar, and and there's a number of open mics, so it's been hard. One last thing for you. Gut feeling. Who do, who is the pick? I, 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 can, I, I just can't hear you. I'm still here. Yep. Christian, gut feeling, what is the pick? Uh, well, you know, right now I think it's probably going to end up being Vic Beasley. He's probably someone who's the best fit uh, in terms of what the Jets seem to need uh, with that outside pass rusher. Listen, this is a revamped defense that um, it could be very good over the next few years, especially if they can retain Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, with all that being said, I, I'm going to reiterate again, I think offensive line is the best way to go. Uh, but it's, you know, the Jets right now are not desperate at any position other than quarterback. They're yeah. not going to address the quarterback situation in the first round, so they can take the best available player. It's a great spot for them to be in. Uh, hats off to Mike McCagnin for having a good enough offseason that right now the Jets aren't desperate for any one player. So uh, whether they get Beasley or Schreff or whoever they end up getting, they're going to be in a position to upgrade no matter what. And, and, and that's, that's the storyline from tonight. Great. Christian, thank you so much for your time. Sorry it was so difficult to hear us. Uh, NJ Media, or NJ.com, Advanced Media, you and Dom do a fantastic job there. Thank you so much, Christian. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right, so that was Christian Dyer. I want to throw it real quickly to Dobbin uh, and then to you, uh, Joe. Dobbin, so he thinks that Leonard Williams is a possibility. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, Leonard Williams is the best player in the draft, and I know some Jet fans are out there scoffing, thinking, man, another D lineman, another D lineman. If you trust in Todd Bowles as a coach, trust that Todd Bowles is going to figure out how to play Leonard Williams, Mo Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, and Damon Harrison together. Leonard Williams wouldn't be a consideration if Quentin Copels would be a little bit more consistent. That's just the reality of the matter. But if the Jets take Leonard at six, that doesn't mean that you automatically trade Mo Wilkerson. It means you're playing a monster defensive line with that secondary. And that's it, it, what Christian said is exactly on point. McCannigan did a good enough job in the offseason that they don't have many holes except for quarterback. You're not going to reach for a quarterback at six. Take the best player available. Let Bowles figure out how to play all four of them together. Now, I'm going to touch on a point that we haven't touched on yet. McCagnan made it clear that he's more than willing to trade back. So, besides, you know, out of Beasley, Williams, that might not be the case. Trade back, maybe take a guy like Bud Dupree or Andres Pete 
who they expressed uh, a lot of interest in. So trading back might be a really big option now, especially with uh, Dante Fowler off the board. If they trade back, Joe, do you think they're going to go that far, or they're only going to go back a couple of picks? I wouldn't say more than a couple of picks. Uh, I would say at, at the very furthest, uh, 12 with the Browns, because at that pick, you still would probably have your choice of Pete and Dupree. After that, one or the other might be gone, and you never know. So no further than 12, but I can definitely see them trading back at this point. I think you guys, excellent points all the way around. Here's where we are right now. The Raiders are on the clock. Apparently, the pick is in. Um, do you guys, let's, let, me, let me shift gears to the number four over here with the Raiders. Cal, what's your gut feeling right now? Do you think Amari Cooper, who's been mocked to them, not mocked, nobody's making fun of him. Amari Cooper, mocking you. Um, they've been mocked to the Raiders over and over. Oh, uh, yeah, Jay, I'm sorry, podium please. In the 2015 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select... Amari Cooper. Okay. Wide receiver, Alabama. Okay, so... Nick Saban has had a lot of blue chippers. <laughs> uh, nothing like hearing Chris Berman. Nothing like hearing Chris Berman. Guys, what do we think? This board is breaking in a way that leaves Leonard Williams very, very close. And if they are truly best player available, as they claim to be... He might have to be the pick. Well, who's, who stands between them and Leonard Williams right now with the five pick? The Washington Redskins. Right, and who would they take if they don't take Williams? I think this could, guys, it's getting crazy pants now because I think this could be a trade-out point for Scott McGlown. He's a guy who wants picks. He wants as many scratch-off lottery tickets as he can possibly get. He could, there are, Leonard Williams on the board means teams would be willing to trade up into that spot and trade right in front of the Jets. The, you know, the, the Redskins are on the clock and they only have three minutes left because Oakland put its pick in like immediately. So we're going to get Joe Cap back in here. But, but guys, what do we think is going to happen here? I honestly think that they may pass on Williams and take Vic Beasley. They lost to Rackpo in the offseason. They need a replacement for him, so they may go Vic Beasley. And then the Jets are going to be faced with, a, with the scenario of whether you take Kevin White at six right. or you take Leonard Williams positions that they have a premium or you trade at, out or you trade out right but if they stand pat they're going to get an impact player the the board has broken really really well for the jets yeah the board the board has broken very interestingly joe you were going to say i personally see the redskins not passing on williams here like you said with a rack they could use the edge rusher and beasley but you forget they had a, a flop so far in rg3 they didn't have a first round pick last year so you should take the sure thing here and williams the best player in the draft they don't want to miss again yeah i i just could see I just could see the Redskins trading out of this spot, too. That, uh, that pick is in, Steve, so there's no trade. Washington's no trade, made right. their pick. Washington is making the pick. The pick is in. So, obviously, this has huge ramifications for what the Jets are going to do. Uh, the Jets will be on the clock momentarily. Uh, the board is breaking in a funky way, gentlemen. It's almost gone chalk, and yet the chalk is unexpected. Somehow. Unexpected chalk. Unexpected chalk. That's my new band name. That's a terrible band, by the way. Unexpected chalk. <laughs> terrible band. Uh, Joe, we're going to get Joe Caparoso from Turn on the Jets in here. Uh, Joe, Joe has his game face on because the Jets are on deck. Joe is all business, and he is working the Twitter feed right now. He looks a lot like Schefter. He does. He does not unlook, look unlike Adam Schefter like, right physically, now. Physically, he's morphed into an Adam Schefter lookalike. Physically, he's, he's actually wearing an Adam Schefter mask. It's a little uncomfortable. Mic on. Mic on. Yeah, you're on. All right. So, uh, and Joe, just a reminder, you need to be real close to that mic. 
How, how's my sound? How's my sound? Your sound is hot. Your sound is hot. Nice. There we go. Um, so everybody here, the Jets are about to be on the clock in a few minutes. I hope everybody is enjoying Gun Hill Brewery and draft beers. I have one. I'm gonna I give. Have one. I'm gonna give Cal a sip of mine. He no, is yet to, come I'm on. Good. I'm good. I had mine back here. Um, and of course, again, the guys from SeatSwapTicket.com, and of course, Five Milestone. Thanks so much for having us. It's getting very interesting. It's getting hot up in here. It's, it's ridiculously hot up in here. People are already freaking out on Twitter. I bet this is the worst way the board could break. What yeah. are we going to do? Well, Calm wait. Down. Calm down. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Jet fans are freaking out on something about on Twitter? Listen to the I don't believe what you're saying. <laughs> Can you give us a taste of what they're saying? There's a little panic about Cooper and Fowler being gone already, but still... Vic Beasley, Leonard Williams, Kevin White, all, all should be on the board, or some of those guys should be on the board for the Jets at number six. That's and I, the good news. They're going to get a good player. One way or the other, they're going to get a good player. Yes, and uh, we should say we lost Chris Nimley. Hopefully Chris will call back. Uh, sorry about that, Chris. We had him on hold for quite a while. We had a little trouble. Hey, we're doing this on the fly. We're trying to be as fluid as we possibly can with the callers and stuff, but uh, Chris, we will definitely give you a shout back after the Jets make their pick. I okay. Will, I will say this. I think there will be a little surprise about who the Redskins decided to go with at five. You think so? so what would be that surprise? No, would it I be, don't want to sign no, no spoilers. No, no, no. I don't want to spoiler it. But but is it is it a Bud Dupree or oh he knows? I, Ruin. I, I think most people think that the top three people on the board left on the board right now are Leonard Williams, Kevin White, Kevin and Victor White Beasley. And Vic Beasley. All three of those guys are still going to be on the board after this pick. So wow. So, so, Joe, without ruining Christmas. All right, let's go to the podium again, Jay. Jay Podium Mathali. In the 2015 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select Brandon Scherf. Where's your surprise? Wow. <laughs> All right, all right. Okay, so, we got... so it's about to get crazy in here. The Jets are on the clock. Brandon Scherf goes very early. First surprise of the draft. First surprise of the Huge draft. surprise. Best offensive lineman in the draft. I Absolutely. think that's a, a consensus. Yeah. But the Jets are on the clock. See the energy in the building. This guys, is getting there's a good energy in the building. Strong energy. Let's go around the horn. I'll start with you, Joe. Where are they going? I, I would prefer Vic Beasley, but I think Williams or White is probably a safer bet right now. Personally, I prefer Beasley. I do think it will be Williams or White. Yeah, Dobbin? I, I think Leonard Williams is the best player in the draft. I love Vic Beasley, but for you to be able to add a guy like Leonard Williams, who is by far the best player in this draft, to pair with Mo Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson and Damon Harrison, you do it now, and, and you, you give Bowles another weapon to play with. I think it makes the most sense. And I think, I think Williams does make the most sense, but I'm not ruling out a trade. I'm not ruling out a trade. And that would be disappointing at this point because there's so much talent on the board. I'm not ruling it out, but I think Williams is the safe fight. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. It's, look, if you're best player available, he's the best player available. It's very hard to argue that at this point in the draft. I don't think anyone expected him to really be here at six. I do hope that if they do take him, this does not expedite the process of potentially trading Muhammad Wilkerson, which I don't think is the right move because I don't think Williams' ceiling is any higher than Wilkerson no. currently is at right now. So 
I, I understand the best player available, and it's hard to argue that, but at what point do you stop taking defensive linemen in the first round and address the rest yeah. of the roster? And also, is this a prime trade-out spot? It, sh it, it really should be, because there should be a team dying to go up and get Leonard Williams, but McCannon may just want to stay put and take Williams, White, Beasley. It, it's, it's a very interesting pivot spot for the Jets right here. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it's a, it's a perfect point because you have three prime targets available in White, Beasley, and Williams. If the Jets wanted to trade back, like with a team like Atlanta, who probably covets Beasley or Dupree, Dupree's also still available on the board. So you have four of the top prospects on, in this draft available right now. The Jets have a chance to either add an impact player or trade back and still get an impact player. So, I, I mean, I would take Williams. I'm higher on him than Joe is a little bit, um, but I'm with him. I hope it doesn't expedite the trade of Muhammad Wilkerson. I, 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 one thing, Cal, before we go. Jay, when, when the pick is in, we're going to turn the TV sound up, okay? So we can definitely have Goodell on the podium. I will let you know. Cal? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It could be anything at this point. Hey, you Jet fans out there, you guys out there, Jet fans, who do we want here, guys? Who do we want? A lot of people saying trade down. A lot of people saying... <laughs> Wait, is he available? <laughs> Jesus is not available. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah, it could be it could be Kevin White. Joe, if Kevin White is the pick here, Kevin are you White upset? has been a popular pick, Mark, to the Jets all day. It, it would hard to be surprised by either White, Beasley, Williams, or a trade down here. All four seem like equally viable options at this point. I tell you what, Mike McCagnin's phone is ringing off the hook right now. He's probably going absolutely crazy. You know, he's probably getting offers from everywhere. So you know. It's a, it's a crazy spot for Mike McCagnin to be in in his first draft in that war room. Uh, we're going to go to the podium. Uh, let's turn back up uh, ESPN, Jay. Let's turn it back up. What do they do? Well, they do. They certainly went out and addressed their secondary in free agency. You get Darrell Revis, Cromartie, and Buster Screen out of Cleveland. I think you get Geno Smith some help. I know they brought in Brandon Marshall from the Bears, but I want to get Kevin White or Devontae Parker, a young receiver. Remember, Kevin White comes out of West Virginia. That's where Geno's from. Get him a young receiver to work with. Sometimes these veterans are hard to deal with, but I think if you have a young quarterback, get him some young talent that he can work with. And it's hard to evaluate Geno the way they change systems surrounded him with a lot of great talent. I think they have it. And I think you look at a guy like Kevin White. So the pick is not in yet. The Jets are taking all their time, guys. Sounds like they're trying to trade out of this pick. Stay tuned. Vic Beasley, I had down around 16-20, but he's been in this early first-round discussion. Leonard Williams, my number one player on the board, is still there because there's some injury concerns, but he's a great football player. But he's not necessarily a fit here because they have the strength on the defensive line. What they need is an outside pass rusher on his feet. Joe, me, Joe, I got a young do you think they get out of this pick? I think they're trying like hell to get out of this pick, but can they find a deal that they like? That's always the question. Yeah, Decker, you got Curly, add Kevin White. I know Bud Dupree and Beasley are well, they're, they're running out of time. They have 45 seconds. And this is definitely a situation here where you can have a bunch of guys graded very similarly. Actually, you could be looking at your board and you could have wide receivers and pass rushers just stacked almost horizontal right across the board here. And you have to have, you have, to have it prioritized. And what do you 30 seconds, Jets! Here? 
And if Kevin White is sticking out at the top, then you just go ahead and take him and you take best player available. But this could be one All of time, using the full for 10 minutes. The right up there with the Kevin White. And when you're looking at building the football team, and you're looking at Todd Bowles, and you know what his lineage is, he needs a pass rusher. That would make that defense absolutely complete. And one thing they better be able to do in the, in the AFC East, they better get away from Tom Brady on the, on the ground. It's in. They got a pick. The pick is in. Well, that, that's the thing. I don't well, think what, so. No, we, hey, they may not be. It's Kevin they White. may not be. That's, that's, that's why I said, if he's sticking out, then you just wind up taking him. But you can obviously see where Pat right, Rusher pick is, is in. that's very key to them. They tried to address the wide receiver position already in free agency. Could they use another one? We don't know. Sure, you can never have enough of them. You try to score points. We shall see. So the Jets are picking in this spot. They have not traded out. the defensive coach. So it's no telling what his influence will be on this pick. Boy, Mike McCagnan, use it all. Is it all Brandon Marshall with all the defensive backs that they acquired. Not always do the teams that make that win March and April. This is where you take a punter, right? Now. Do yeah. well the next year. The this Jets is, are uh, I think you call this due diligence. Billy had a rough year. This is, this is big time due diligence. Tampa won last March. And all right, all right. But the Jets with we're going to cut out the mics and we're going to let Commissioner Goodell tell us who it is. Brandon Marsh, what do they do for Geno now? He and White, if it's him, they never were together, right? I mean, West Virginia, but that's that's not rekindling any combination. I think you look at it right now, you say, what about the offensive line? Brandon Scherf, when we did our grade A draft, I took Brandon Scherf for the Jets. So I want to help out my quarterback. Brandon Scherf is gone right now. Is there another offensive line to take? I'm not reaching for an Eric Flowers or an Andrews Pete. I'm taking a guy that is legitimately a top six player, and that would be Kevin White. If you're going to draft, I think, Bud Dupree or Beasley, you're overdrafting because, as you said, Lewis, you need pass rushers so desperately. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty about this. It's all subjective. We don't know what their board looks like, but you can make the case for a number of different players here in this position. Well, Gino needs some help, but... Todd Bowles, he likes to be active on defense. And if you have the secondary back there to cover, what did he do in Arizona? Let's go, let's go get him, right? So let's see what he does. And the reason he heard the huge roar, the next team on the clock, the home squad, the Chicago Bears. So the commissioner has the pick of the Jets at number six. With the sixth pick in the 2015 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Leonard Williams. Give me four. Um, Joe. Wow. Well, I feel shocked. I'm a little, I'm a little surprised. I, that being said, Williams being here was a surprise. And the number one question we're going to hear the rest of the night and the rest of this weekend, are the Jets going to trade Muhammad Wilkerson? And that will be interesting to see how they pivot from here. Do you keep Williams, Wilkerson, and Richardson, and Copels? And Harrison, who blocks that defensive line? I don't know if anybody can. But is that, you know what, we fell into Williams, who was the top defensive player left on the board for us. We're nowhere near a contract with Wilkerson. He's going to be our guy going forward, so we're going to let it go from there. Definitely surprising. I think a lot of people would have thought Jets would have took White or Beasley at the spot, particularly White, and they stuck to their board. They went the highest rated player on their board, and it, that was Leonard Williams. 
uh, Dalvin, I got a question for you. Are you surprised that he was on the board at six? Did you uh, did you think in your wildest dreams that would happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I completely floored by it because I again, and I've, I've said it. I feel like I've said it for the last four months. He's the best player in the draft, and for him to be available at six, and the Jets had their choice. They could either go him, go Vic Beasley, go Kevin White, and get an impact guy either way. But you get the best player in the draft at six, and now you fortify because. Again, Jet fans need to get out of this line of thinking where it's you you draft him and you trade Wilkerson. No, no, no. You play Wilkerson, Williams, Richardson, and Harrison together, there's not an offensive line in the NFL right now that's blocking any of those guys one-on-one. -on -one. And with that secondary, you're that much better. Bowles is going to play him. He's going to get. He's going to figure it out. Yeah, I think you could be right there, Dobbin. I don't know if this necessarily you know, uh, necessitates a trade for Muhammad Wilkerson. Joe, you're absolutely right. We're going to hear about it a ton. But, guys... This is the best player on a number of people's boards. This is a 20-year-old athletic freak who you can put on that defensive line. My question to you, Joe, would be, what does this mean for Quinton Coples? Does this mean that Quinton Coples maybe is the guy who they try at, to stand up again, who the, is the guy who they try to, uh, you know, to make an outside linebacker again? I don't, know, I don't know if he's going to be a pure outside linebacker, but what you want from Quinton Coples is a guy who's only focused on rushing the passer. I don't know if he could do much else besides that. I also don't know if he's really a true three-down player, whereas you're taking Williams at number six overall to be a three-down player. So, you know, this, this could potentially marginalize his role a little bit if Wilkerson is not traded. If Wilkerson is traded, then that, you know, opens back up, again, a bigger role for Coples. It's going to be very interesting to see if the Jets entertain potential offers for Wilkerson now over the next few days, or they are content just to roll out a defensive line with Damian Harrison, Leonard Williams, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, and Quentin Coples. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see now in the second round, do the Jets maybe try to get into the back end of the first round to get a receiver? How do they address the offensive side of the ball going forward? The pick is in, guys, for the Bears. I want to go back to the podium. Has to be White, right? Has to be Kevin White here. Uh, so the pick is in. We're going to go back to the podium um, and uh, and check that out. I have a, a very rabid Bears fan uh, here who will kill me if we're not at the podium. So we're going to go to back to the podium there. And the, the pick is in for the Bears. You just can't watch it enough. I know some of our fans who are 30s, maybe in 20s, you can't see enough Barry Sanders. You guys are... Are you sure you guys aren't agents? Cut his career short. Hall of Famers both. That was These the guys are working their phones over here like, I mean, some now. I do know that he thought if Williams was there. So John Fox. I mean, Fox is a defensive coach. Now the head coach of the Chicago Bears. A first-time general manager for the Chicago Bears. But otherwise, even though that's his I think Kevin White's got to be the pick here. I think it's got to be Kevin White. Tiny, got to be Kevin White, right? You have some weapons with Jeffries and, of course, with Forte. If it's not Williams. Jay Cutler may even crack a smile. That would lead wide receiver. And, you can see Kevin and of course, the, the, the draft is taking place in Chicago, guys. So, for the first time in 54 years, so this is a home pick. You have a defensive head coach, Vic Fangio, integrating a new scheme. You better get some beef up front, namely at the nose tackle. He's your protection. Utah's nose tackle. I think Eric. So, for the first time in 54 years, the draft is in Chicago, 
This is exciting for the Bears. More firepower at wide receiver, but John Fox is a defensive guy. They are going to a three-four defense. All right, the pick is in. If they don't go defense, yeah, it'll be. I think you look at Shelton. And uh, I think we're all still reeling a little bit about the Leonard Williams moment. White. Now set it for the Jets and Leonard Williams, number one on board. You got to take him. I get that, but you got to look at Kevin White. You got to help. Mel Kiper says you have to look at Kevin White. Kevin White, the best. Do you have to pick at this point? Mel Kiper's telling you you have to. Well, at the moment, we heard rumors. Yeah, Jake Cutler got to. Mel Kiper just. All right, here we go. Get him more juice, baby. With the seventh pick in the 2015 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Kevin White. Right, so the pick, the pick was Kevin White. And the Bears have just won the Super Bowl. Listen to this crowd. And that's that's a no-brainer pick. That's a smart pick. They lost Brandon Marshall. They traded him to the Jets. They obviously need more weapons for Jay Cutler. And, you know, to pair him with Alshon Jeffrey. We talked a lot about Kevin White. You guys did on... Uh, Jay, you can take the TV down. We talked. You guys talked a lot about uh, Kevin White on Turn on the Jets as far as being the most... Maybe the biggest ceiling of anybody of anybody in this draft, Joe, right? Just a ton of athleticism. A guy who... A fair NFL comparison could be a guy like Julio Jones if he really reaches the potential at this level. So there's a little concern about his age, which is reasonable, but in terms of measurables and big playability, it's hard to find somebody who has, who has a better, better lineup stacked up than White. It's a very fair to argue that he is just as good as a prospect of Cooper, if not potential Rome with a higher ceiling. So... A guy that should really fill in for Brandon Marshall pretty seamlessly for Chicago. And, you know, whoever at their quarterback ends up being going forward, at least Jay Cutler for this year, should be very happy. Because to have him, Alshon Jeffrey, on opposite ends of the field is going to be a, a tough for any defense to deal with. Yeah, they. I mean, they did a nice job here in getting uh, a need, but also taking probably the one of the best players still available on the board. So they married best player available with need. Cal, my question to you would be, Going back to Leonard Williams, because I just I need to go back to it for a second. That, right? The idea that the Jets will uh, take the best player available says a ton about Mike McCagnan, right? Like we just learned a ton about this guy as a GM in like five minutes, right? And that and that's something we haven't seen in years around the Jets. And quite honestly, you can't go wrong if you take the best player available. He's the best player available. He was, like they said, he was arguably the best player in the draft. Right. And the Jets drafted yeah, him. If he busts, he busts. Yeah. You know, but you're but taking you're not the gonna, consensus. But you're not going to get criticized for taking the best player in the draft. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely true. Now, you're, you, we talked a ton about Kevin Ceiling being, uh, Kevin White being a high ceiling guy and only really having the one year of production being a high ceiling guy and Amari Cooper being the steady guy. Are you upset that the Jets passed on White? I'm not that upset only because of their quarterback situation. Now, if they had a ready-made quarterback ready to go out there and you could add a guy like Kevin White, you'd, you'd want to take that. But with the uncertainty surrounding the quarterback position, take the best available player, take the defensive guy. Ben, I'm wondering, you guys touched on it a ton on Turn on the Jets, as I just said to Joe. I know you kind of liked Kevin White. Are you Okay. I'm crying on the inside, but Leonard Williams is going to dry my tears when he sacks Brady multiple times starting in September. Um, no, I, I, I agree with I agree with what Cal said. I think you I, I, while I don't agree with the fact that like you have to wait till you have a quarterback to upgrade the offense. I think Kevin White would have made sense. I think that Max stuck to his board. He took the best player available, and that was Leonard Williams. 
it, it's just I, I, I keep hearing Jet fans saying now you have to trade Mo, and that's not what's that's not what needs to happen. You play them all four together and let Bowles figure it out. Yeah, no, definitely not. I, I wonder though. I wonder, and Atlanta, of course, is on the clock. They have about two and a half minutes left. Atlanta has an offensive line need. Atlanta has a lot of needs. There's a lot of directions the Falcons can go here. But just to button up, um, and hopefully we're going to have Chris Lepresti come on in a few minutes um, from uh, WFAN.com. I don't know if it's between periods for the Rangers and Capitals. That might be dependent if he calls us. Um, but, guys, just to button up the Kevin White pick, there was a lot of dissension in the ranks um, about who is the better receiver, Julio, uh, um, uh, Amari Cooper, Kevin White. But this is also a receiver-rich draft, it seems, right? So if you're the Jets, I'm going to use this word again because I love it, recalibrate for me and take a look at number 37. Are you looking at a Devin Smith there? Are you looking at a wide receiver there? Could it, could it be a Devin Smith? Could it be a Doriel Green Beckham if he falls that far? Uh, would they look at an offensive lineman, an, an A.J. Khan? Uh, you know, and Ali Marpet, if, if they want to, you know, maybe look at a guy from a smaller school. It'll be interesting to see if offense ends up being a priority. But I think as we saw here, they're going to take the highest rated player on the board. So if a guy like Marcus Peters or Doriel Green Beckham falls and they are not overly concerned with the character issues, do they pull the trigger? Or, you know, do they potentially add an edge rusher at that point? Is it an Eli Harold? It's tough. I think it's whoever, who is going to be the highest rated player left in this point? Who's going to be the guy for today that we say, wow, you know, I can't believe that guy didn't go in round one. So, you know, are the Jets not going to pass on that? I think they could still go edge in round two. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Joe 100%. They could go edge. However, 37 is a really prime spot to trade back. And you, I would not be surprised yes. if you see, like, for example, if you see Marcus Peters, who for me is the best cornerback in the draft, you see DGB falling back, you see a team that wants them that bad, the Jets could acquire another second and a third and then take a guy like A.J. Conn or Lakin Tomlinson at guard or still take Eli, Eli Harold if he's falling. I think the Jets have a chance right now, now that they've taken Williams and now that McCannahan has proven that he's going to take the best player available. He may stand pat at 37 and take Marcus Peters, but I think there's a chance that he trades back at 37 come tomorrow. The thing that's interesting to me is that they took every last second that they had trying to make a trade. So you know he wants to make a trade. I would love to know what he turned down for that pick. Judging, judging from the time that they took and what we, you know, we were reading, it sounds like they were trying like hell to trade back, but they may have not gotten an offer that they deemed worthy of moving out of that spot. And, you know, first-time GM... There's not, maybe outside of Amari Cooper, there's probably not a safer pick in the draft than Williams. He's a very high floor. At a minimum, this guy's going to be terrific against the run. You know, a three-down player, a very good player. I don't know if he ever ends up being as good as Muhammad Wilson. I don't, really don't think he will be. I hope I'm wrong. But a safe pick, and he did not found a trade down that he thought was fair value. He pulled the trigger on the guy he thought he was there. And I think, he's, I think the surprise to most Jet fans is that he didn't take White. I think everyone was mocking White to the Jets throughout the day. We saw the Post, ESPN New York. We saw Mike Mayock do it. That seemed to be the pick that was gaining momentum and gaining traction. And, you know, they let it go, which is a statement of confidence in Brandon Marshall being here more than for more than a year. It's a statement of confidence in Jeremy Curley being the third receiver in this offense, which McCagnan was public about. And, you know, some fans aren't going to want to hear that. They've already been talking about ways to get Marshall and Decker out of town. But that's going to be your three receivers going forward for yeah. this season and, and probably the season after. And you know what, Joe? They might feel good about Shaq Evans. They might feel good about, you know, the, the other guys that were that basically had a red shirt year last year for the Jets at receiver. You know, the, the Wasu. And, you know, they may feel better about these guys. Anua. They may feel better than the, about these guys than we even think. They've watched the film. They've broken it down. And maybe receiver wasn't the need there. All I know is this. Bill Simmons hates 
that the Jets took Leonard Williams. He tweeted out, I hope the Jets screw this up. Please tell me the Jets are going to screw this up. So you know what? If it's good enough for Simmons to hate, it's good enough for me to love. That, that's a good point. It makes you feel better about it. And again, as it we does. said, a guy with a very high floor. This, this is not a guy who's, he's 20, going, Joe, he's who's going to miss and who's going to be, oh, wow, they you know, swung and missed. TV, yeah. TV, TV. Sorry, draft. sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. The Atlanta Falcons select Vic Beasley. Defensive end, Clemson. Okay, so the, so the Falcons take Vic Beasley, edge guy from Clemson. The question was, where would Vic Beasley go? He goes here. This was a huge need pick for the Falcons. Value for uh, Dan Quinn taking over that defense, coming over from Seattle, a guy who has potential, is the best pure pass rusher in the class, and has potential to immediately be a, a double-digit sack guy. He really, he really does. He's a rookie just coming off the edge. Huge. And, uh, will be a key piece in rebuilding that defense. So Atlanta has to be thrilled getting him at eight. A guy I would not have minded seeing even be a, you know, a top three to five pick.